I'm Joe. Nice to meet you, brother. I love watching you grow up. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Touchdown! Is this the And Fernando Tatis Jr. A grand slam. Iguodala. It's funny to hear female talk about routes like. Hosted by Clark and Ethan. It's funny. Hello and welcome to From the Backseat. I am your host, Ethan, and I'm joined today by my co-host. What up, guys? Clark here again. Really, really hot in my room right now. Very inconvenient. I don't know what it is going on today, but it is smelteringly hot in here. I don't think it's a word. I think I just botched that, but it's hot in here. But I'm still here battling for you guys. So, oh, it's like my flu game, for, uh, but it's just really hot instead. And I don't have any medical issue. Oh, that's okay. Also, the word is smoldering. Not smoldering? Smelted? I guess you smelt something. Yeah, you can that's, smelt it's something. smoldering. Yeah. There it is. Whatever. Who cares? We live and you learn. Well, it might be because your take is going to be so hot by the end of this episode. It could be so hot by the end of this episode. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Clark and I have exciting news, and that is a new sponsor on the show. So let's give a round of applause to Manscaped. <laughs> Let's go, Manscaped. That's huge, Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped. Up, so, uh, support for from the backseat is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in man's below-the-waist grooming. The products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the, have this exclusive offer for you, which is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BACKSEAT. So this is not from the backseat. This is just backseat at manscaped.com. So if my math is correct, that means there's about 12 million balls that Manscaped has helped out. So Manscaped just released this new product called the Performance Package 4.0. And it is an absolute game changer. Easy to use. And it works really, really well. Uh, It is... It's not quite waterproof, not 100% waterproof, but it is waterproof. If you get a little water on it, it's not going not gonna to get destroyed. Also, within the package, you can help with their hygiene products, which can reduce foot odor. Foot odor, sorry. Um, nice. So the, lawn, the Lawnmower 4.0 helps reduce the nicks that your usual shaver will do. So it just makes it super clean, and it reduces the risk of ingrown hair and risk of any kind of grooming accidents. This thing is great. It works really, really well. I was going to wear my Manscaped shirt, which they sent me, but uh, alas, it is in the wall. Um, but the Manscaped package also comes with some really nice boxers and a nice travel bag for you to hold all of your stuff, such as the Weed Whacker, which can help with your nose hair. So it's time to take care of yourself and go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping with the code BACKSEAT. So thank you to Manscaped. Yeah, and for real, guys, let me just uh, put a little testimonial out there for uh, how well some of this stuff works. I'll mainly speak to the uh, the boxers. Look, I am a, a gentleman myself who struggles with the uh, aforementioned, as some may know, swamp ass. Cheeks get very sweaty. Things go south down there. I cannot wear gray shorts out past a certain month purely out of the fear that my cheeks will sweat through. However, with the new Manscaped boxers briefs that I had, Avoided that issue almost in entirety. Nothing got tangled up. Everything was A-OK. Cannot recommend a better pair of box boxer briefs than the Manscaped ones that they sent us. I will be ordering them like there is no tomorrow myself. A slew of great products from Manscaped. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate that stuff and how much you should be getting on this deal and using from the backseat to link yourself for a 20% off. You guys need to do it. Of course. So thank you to Manscaped. Thank you for being our newest sponsor of the show, joining SeatGeek, which you can always use our code, $20 off your first order, uh, which is from the back seat. So let's get into our show today. It is hot takes. It's Clark and I going at it with some new takes of the week. So, But that what that also means is that she's a 10 and start bench cut, which continue to be popular, which continue to get people on. So Clark, you ready for today's show? Oh, yeah. Been locked in since the day I got, actually an hour I got home, which was an hour ago so yeah all right so before we get into all that we got to do our training camp catch up as i said as we go into training camp get ready and we're going to be going around the nfl spinning around the horn and talking about the biggest news within the nfl and the first story i wanted to bring up 
comes out of Cleveland. Kareem Hunt, the backup running back for the Cleveland Browns, who you may remember used to be a Kansas City Chief, uh, turned out to be not that great of a guy, got released, then went over to Cleveland, backed up Nick Chubb. Well, he's looking for a new contract, and Cleveland's not willing to give it to him. And so he has asked for a trade. Clark, what was your original reaction to this story? Oh, if you're Cleveland, trade him immediately. Why would you not trade him? I mean, seriously, that lo- that running back room is already loaded. They have a great lead horse in Nick Chubb. You can go to Dearness Johnson if you want to. I'll be honest. I think Kareem is valuable, but I think he's overselling how valuable he thinks he is in Cleveland. I think he's a replaceable product there. Granted, do I think they're the best ones who punch in the NFL? For sure. But if I'm Cleveland, I'm shipping him off immediately and selling high on this guy. This should be a no-brainer for Cleveland. I get that he's really good, and this is, an, again, a one-two combination you really like. But get him out of there. You have plenty of depth there already, and you already have arguably a top three back running there. And you saw, again, what Dearness Johnson could do. I don't think they would lose that much, and I'm pretty sure they would get a pretty nice haul for what they would have to do to give up Kareem Hunt. I would pick up the phone now and find try to find his trade suitor. His contract, if he's going to leave after this year anyway, might as well get some value. Yeah, I think Dearness Johnson is really, really good. Um, I think he can easily take over that running back two role. I guess the issue for Cleveland is if I guess if the capital isn't there that isn't worth the trade, then why do like if you're only going to get like a sixth round pick, then it's not really worth because he's better than whatever a sixth round pick in the future is going to be. Could include him in a uh, little package to get Jimmy Garoppolo over from San Francisco. You could. I mean, it all depends on the new Watson suspension. What I mean, I think it's going to easily be a year. But oh, it is. Yeah, I think Goodell wants to drop the hammer. So, I mean, we'll see. Our next story actually has to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. So let's just mm-hmm. move on to it. So our next story has to do with what's happening over in L.A. Not with the Chargers, but with the Rams. Matt Stafford has a kind of undisclosed elbow injury, which is being linked to a baseball injury, which makes people think Tommy John. And mm-hmm. he's been held out of practice playing which has led people to think the Rams are a suitor for Jimmy G if he gets cut at the 53-man roster cutdown. So, Clark, what's your reaction to this story? Um, you know, I, I will say this one I, I am a little bit more worried about. Um, if this is something that's like a Tommy John injury for the Rams, then you have a really big issue. I mean, I think the Rams roster itself would still be quite good. Um, however, I think you would be missing what I think is a top six quarterback in the NFL and Matthew Stafford. This is an issue you certainly want to monitor. Um, that elbow flaring up is not something you really want to see. I, if I were the Rams, I would be a little bit concerned. If I were Rams fans, this would certainly raise an eyebrow. This isn't something I think the typical, oh, gloss over, he'll be fine. This is a little bit something to worry about. If he does have Tommy John, then it's done for the year. So, I mean, I, I seriously would have a little bit of concern on this one. What about you? Yeah, uh, well, so I, I have two questions for you. So we're going to take the first mm-hmm. one. If he has, if he actually needs Tommy John surgery, is his career kind of over? Have we ever seen a football player really need Tommy John, uh, and especially a quarterback, and come back? I don't know. I, I don't think, think of uh, any quarterback that's needed Tommy John before. I can't think of one off the top of the head, but I don't think it's over. I, mean, I, I don't think it would be. 30? 32 33 i mean yeah it's definitely not it's it's fine he's he would come back again would he be the same caliber i think that would be the bigger question um but i think right Mm now no it wouldn't be over it would just be a step you know it'd be a it'd be a roadblock there for sure for him and then my other question is let's say jimmy g is the starter in la are the rams still a playoff team yes because the nfc's weak they would still be a playoff team in my mind. Jimmy Garoppolo has at least proven that he will get you somewhere in the regular season. He can execute a scheme well enough because he's uh, good enough to that extent that he can get things done. However, would they go very deep in the postseason? I don't know. Granted, for everyone, how much they want to slander Jimmy, he has gotten to two NFC title games at least. He's been to a Super Bowl. Was he a big part of him? You could really probably say no. But uh, I still think they would be okay without him. I wouldn't be uh, – it would be certainly a drop-off and play, but they would still be okay. Get that argument. How about this? Let's, let's lead to this question. Do you think the Rams would be better with Jared Goff or Jimmy G? Who's the better quarterback? Ooh. Who would I rather have in between if I was a Rams? 
I mean, just purely off play, obviously, we're not basing any sort of contract salary thing on there. No, no, that. we're just um, saying off play because I'm just saying if they had never gotten rid of I, Goff, I would say, by in that sense, I would say Goff. I think Goff would be. I don't think Jared, I think really Jared Goff crap. I don't think Jared Goff's that great, but I don't think he's that bad either. I think I would take Goff in that system over Garoppolo. Just again, he'd have the familiarity of it. And I think he is a little bit, he's definitely more talented than I think Jimmy is. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Goff has higher upside. I actually think Goff is probably going to surprise people in Detroit. I mean, I'm not saying no. he's going to be good, but I think he's going to be better than people think. Because people no. act like Jared Goff is really, really bad, which I do no. not think so. I, I mean, again, we, we've been kind of on a little bit of the Lions, uh, the hype train. I agree. I think Jared Goff is not as bad as people think he is. I think he probably will come out and be a little bit surpri- more surprising than people do uh, probably give him credit for. I think that Lions team in general. But, yeah, I would rather have Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. Totally agree. So our last training camp story of the day has to come out of Denver. So today there was an article published that Russell Wilson has looked really underwhelming in practice. Now, again, this is training camp. This should be taken with a grain of salt. But Clark, what's your reaction to this? I mean, look, I think it's uh, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm not too overly concerned. Um, there could be chalk this up to a lot of things. This is a new system. Um, he's learning. You know, it's a little bit of a transition period on there. I think with quarterbacks you acquire, they're new. You typically have, you know, if something goes wrong, a little bit of overreaction. Like last year, I remember when Burrow's coming back, people were like, oh, wow, you know, he looks really bad. Like, he doesn't have as much oomph on his throws. And then, you know, the regular season turns on and everything you just said and heard is now mute. But if I'm the Broncos, you know what you're getting with Russell Wilson. He's he's a top-end quarterback play. He's an elite caliber guy. I, I wouldn't be too overly concerned. I think this is the one that's certainly a bit of an overreaction. Uh, I just think it's an adjustment for him. Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. I, again, I am not the person to put any stock in any kind of training camp hype. I think usually these things turn into nothing. I feel like they're never really that true. Unless if a player gets, like, surprised cut, but... It, I mean, that's not going to happen in this situation. No. I mean, Russ will be fine. I mean, again, he's my 11th quarterback in the league. I'm not that high on him, so my expectations are kind of low. I think he's going to be a fringe top 10 quarterback in Denver, mm-hmm. especially now think, without Tim Patrick. Yeah, Tim Patrick. Again, I think we talked about this last week. I think Tim Patrick's a bigger loss than most people realize. I mean, I think if Tim Patrick's usually number three. Now KJ Hamler's your number three. There's a lot more uncertainty there. He's also a guy coming off ACL surgery. And as we allude to, I still think there's a lot to be desired out of what I've seen career-wise from Sutton and Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy especially. Those are all of our training camp roundup. That's what we saw from this week. So let's get into She's a 10. Clark, are you ready? Oh, yeah. She's a 10, but she became a Kansas City fan after they won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, this one doesn't bother me too much. I mean, bandwagoners are all over the place. If she wants to be a bandwagoner, that's fine. I mean, would it irk me? It's a little bit the Kansas City. Yes. So probably like a, an eight or a nine. Again, I think bandwagon fans are everywhere. You are going to run into them. If you reject all bandwagon fans from your life, you probably wouldn't have as many friends and loved ones around you as you think you might. So Kansas City, if she's jumping on that, she's an eight or a nine. So she'll still get a call back. I'll still give her a hit back. Oh, well, that's good. All right. Next up. She's a 10, but Max Kellerman is her favorite sports personality. Oh, man. Is there, there's just so many better options than Max Kellerman. That's a really weird one to like. Um, I feel like that case, she would just be trying to be different. Like she would say a bunch of other things that are like definitely like obscure or her favorite thing. If you're saying Max Kellerman, again, there's just so there's a laundry list of people who I think are better than Max Kellerman. So that's me is like uh, a seven. I feel like she'd be someone who's like, oh, you know, I'm really into this, like really niche things that no one else really likes. And you can be like, okay, well, are you just trying to be that cool or what's the deal here? So I would say a seven. All right. Well, what if what if she's a ten, but with the death beam faced on the earth, she wants Andre Iguodala to take the last shot. Oh, ten, immediate ten. <laughs> How could you not want Andre Iguodala taking the final shot to save us from the Martians? Death beam down over, say, a guy like Steph Curry. No, it's always Iguodala. It's always been Iguodala. It will always be Iguodala. All right. She's a ten, but she thinks the A's should move to Vegas. Oh, zero. She's an idiot. The A's should stay in Oakland for forever. We cannot have this. We can't have the Oakland A's and their stupid owner take the team and move them to Vegas. The city of Oakland, for how much I really didn't like the Raiders, and I don't really care for the Warriors, do not deserve to have three teams pried up out of their roots 
within essentially less than a 10 year span. That would be so beyond cruel. It's sacrilegious almost to that point. Um, Oakland, the A's need to stay rooted in Oakland. They need to sell the team. MLB needs to force a sale. They need to figure out the ability to do that. I think there should be some sort of threshold that bars how much you have to spend as an owner. Um, the A's should stay in Oakland. She's an automatic zero. I get it. Vegas would be the better financial decision, but baseball belongs in Oakland. There's no question about it. Keep the A's there. That's a joke that she would say such a thing. Can't believe that. Respectfully. So she's a zero? She is a zero. Mm-mm. Would it may, what if she was from Oakland? Would that change it? That that would be even worse. That would be terrible. That would be negatory numbers. If she was from Oakland and actively advocated for the team to move farther away to Vegas for her, no. Intolerable. I that's all right. red flags all over the place for her. All over the place. Maybe she wants Oakland to get gentrified and to get rid of this ugly stuff. That's even worse. And I'm I'm like, that's the worst person I've ever heard of. If she's pro gentrification, get that out of here. All right, you ready for start bench cut? I'm disgusted over that. <laughs> All right, uh, you ready? Pro A's moving and pro gentrification. Has there ever been anything lower? That's so wrong. Ew. I guess. I mean, she's a ten now. Yeah, well, she's not getting a call back. So bye. All right, start bench cut. Thanksgiving football games international football games or thursday night football games oh this is a rather simple one to start you have to start thanksgiving games thanksgiving games are quintessential to thanksgiving day there's no better feeling than being a stuffed portly chap sitting down with another piece of pie to watch an evening game you get to while you're making food or perhaps you know socializing getting to watch a game it just spreads the day out so nicely and compactly you have to start thanksgiving football um international football i'm cutting uh it's always the jaguars and someone else um i don't care about that game they play it at 5 a.m unless you're a fan of one of those teams i don't imagine you're watching it truthfully ever it always looks weird on tv i don't like it um at all so i would cut international football um i also don't think the british deserve real american football i I just hope they never enjoy that because they have weird tendencies um so the brits don't deserve the nfl they don't i'm sorry brits you don't and then i will bench the uh thursday night football i actually enjoy thursday night football are the games good no is it good for player safety no um does it help make the week go by a little bit faster that i get to watch a game on thursday yes does it make my life a little bit more enjoyable sure so thursday night football is a bench you obviously have to start the staple of everything and starting thanksgiving football international football games because who the heck wakes up at 5 a.m to watch jacksonville versus miami and in a 1916 final score that is a nightmare hey it could be pretty good who knows hey they're playing in uh munich this year they're playing in munich it's tampa and i forget who tampa's playing arizona you're sending tom brady to munich well i guess giselle gets to have a good time too it's for like october big fashion week maybe who knows Fashion week in town, all right. I thought of another. She's a uh, she's a 10, so I'm just gonna say it. We can do this quickly. She's a 10, but she thinks the quality of preseason games simulcasts are better than the regular season. Oh, well, she's just she's blind at that point. She thinks that's better. If you not watched a regulation football season game, I mean, come on now. It's it compare, it's like basically you ever see that drawing of like a horse that gets like just worse to like nicer. Like, yes. it's basically like that equivalent to the photo. Preseason football is the end where the horse's legs look like a stick figure. And the beginning of it looks like nice is the early weeks. And then midseason from October to the start of the postseason and on is like the, like, Picasso-drawn horse. That's what it is. Well, she likes the more, like, intimate experience where you get like the old legend of the team and then, like, the C-list CBS So guy. she likes the crappy product? that's unfortunate it's, it's more intimate it's worse it's horrible <laughs> preseason football looks so bad preseason, i haven't even watched one of the games i know apparently haven't multiple games happened at this point the only one i've heard about is the hall of fame game i i won't be watching any of it so all right start bench cut ken griffey jr sammy sosa or mark mcguire oh god well two guys i would both cut if i could um, I will start easily Ken Griffey Jr. That's not even a remote question. You have to start the kid. Um, I think 
people get really upset that Derek Jeter didn't get a unanimous Hall of Fame decision. Uh, the fact that Ken Griffey Jr. did not get a unanimous Hall of Fame decision is the more egregious thing to ever happen in Hall of Fame voting. He's the easy start in this in my mind. Uh, one of the biggest icons of the game in so many facets. One of the, the most beautiful left-handed swing I've ever seen in baseball belongs to Ken Griffey Jr. Um, between the next two bozos, um, I guess if I had to choose between the two, um, Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa, they did give us some of the most electric season of baseball with the home run race. You got to enjoy that. Debatable whether you should bring baseball and have steroids back, but, you know, who knows? Um, I guess I'll bench... I'll bench Sosa. I'll cut McGuire. It's really interchangeable between the two of them, but the easy part is easily start King Griffey Jr. No questions asked. Okay. So that has been She's a 10 in Start Bench Cut, Lovely. which means we are moving into our hot takes. So Clark went first last week, so I'm going to go first this week. And so my hot take is kind of a response to one where you said a, a certain city is the most overrated. I'm just oh going to declare what I think the best sports city is. Oh, the and best sports city? Best sports city. And this isn't because of championship wins. I mean, it is a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I will say the city does have some scandal in it. But when I just look at size to city to the amount of winning that happens in it, it's hard to deny. My hot take this week is Boston is the best sports city. Mm. The reason I say this the Celtics have the second most NBA championships. The New England Patriots have are tied for the most Super Bowls. The Boston Bruins are a top NHL team year in and year out. And the Boston Red Sox are another historic MLB team, top five in World Series wins. So when I just look at it, for the size of Boston, not being one of these major metropolitan cities. I mean, it is, it is a big city, but it's not on the level of LA or New York. Dallas or Houston or anywhere like that, they win so consistently. They've multiple championships across different sports in the same season. The Boston Celtics are always relevant. The New England Patriots probably have the greatest dynasty of the modern sports era in the 2000s, maybe only rivaled by the Warriors at this point. No, you're forgetting it. What, the early, the late teams? '90s Yankees and the early the late '90s and early 2000s Yankees. Well, I, I'm just saying from 2000 on, but I see what you're saying. But I'm just saying from 2000 on. I mean, yes, sure. From 2000 on, I guess yes. The, the yeah. Patriots, yes. I mean, when when you just chop it up for a city of their size, Boston continually went. Now, I am not giving my endorsement to their fans who regularly yell racist things. At NBA players. Yeah, I will, they might have the most scum fans out there, but they win. They win a lot. Their teams are historic. They continue to win. They continue to be relevant. Every single year, it feels like a Boston team is in a championship. The reason Boston fans are so annoying when they're not being racist is because they always have something to talk trash to you about. They're always in championships. They're always taking deep playoff runs, no matter the sport. It just feels like when I measure it up, New York obviously has the most wins, but they just haven't been that relevant. Boston stays relevant year in and year out throughout their entire history. Bill Russell, you could make the argument, that's probably the greatest dynasty ever where they won 11 championships in 12 years. That is unheard of in the 60s in the NBA. When you just look at it, Boston has so many championships. When I, when I travel to Boston and I have to walk through that with their championship banners it takes up an entire hangar it's huge how many championships that city has so i think when i just measure it up and i look at the size of the city to the amount that they're winning and the amount that they're relevant they're just year in and year out always relevant and they have some of the in top five conversations play for their franchise i mean we got it just like we said bill russell tom brady David Ortiz, all of these huge markers of all these sports all come from Boston. I mean, I think it's fair. I will say I think they're on the decline now. Who's on the decline? I mean, the Boston Celtics were just in the NBA Finals. Patriots, downhill. Red Sox, downhill. I mean, but again, you say that, but Boston was just in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I know the Celtics were, but their other respective teams, to counter your argument, are going in the wrong direction. 
I mean, yeah, they're, they're, who knows if they'll be relevant, but just as a whole, it always feels like there's some one of the four Boston teams are in their respective uh, yes, playoff. Yes, the last level. 15 years, yes, they have been. That's that's wins so much, and it's crazy because it's they only have four teams. I mean, New York has major league teams across all of their sports. L.A. has eight, and you just don't see that kind of production from those major cities. You just see it from Boston. Well, you can make an argument about the Bay Area, but I see your point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess because of the Warriors and the 49ers, but And the overall, Giants. Yeah, the Giants have also won a lot of World Series. That's a good point. The, I would say, say, I mean, the Bay Area expands, but, you know, a lot of good teams there, too. So, But I see your point. I would tend to agree. The last 15, 20 years, Boston has certainly uh, had parade – championship parade repeat kind of going on for them so i like it i think it's fair enough all right what is your hot take this week you know um my hot take we're gonna go back out to a a division for football that we talked about uh you know in previous with you bringing one of their teams up in a hot take and i think from examining their roster and what's going on and for how i feel with some of the other teams around them I think there is going to be a shakeup in the NFC North. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win the NFC North in 2022. Oh, wow. You're subscribing to that. I've seen that take a lot. Uh, I haven't seen my, is there people who, who clamor around that? No, I mean, people just say like, Oh, green Bay is going to fall apart. Like, Oh, I don't think Minnesota green Bay is going to fall apart. I think Minnesota may rise to the occasion this year. I like Minnesota's roster makeup quite a bit. I think offensively, weapon-wise, in the NFC, maybe one of the best core groups. I think Kirk Cousins gets slandered more than what he truthfully should be as a regular season quarterback. As for the playoffs, go ahead and say what you want. Um, Defensively, I think they will lose something. I think people are underselling how many times – the Vikings beat the Packers over the past, you know, seven, eight years was because of Mike Zimmer's scheme and his ability to uh, counteract Aaron Rodgers and that Packer offense. But um, I think from what I'm seeing from Minnesota, the talent they've assembled offensively, and I still like them on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I think again, to the point you brought uh, briefly brought up, I think the Packers will take a step back. Uh, I don't, I think Rodgers will still be great. Don't get me wrong. I still think he's going to be a top two guy in the NFL quarterback. I know he's coming off back-to-back MVPs, but he did lose his best target. He is throwing to Alan Lazard as his number one guy. There are some concerns I do have there. Um, I just think it could be a culmination of a perfect storm for Minnesota. However, I will say this. If the two teams did meet up in the playoffs, it was between Minnesota and Green Bay. I think Green Bay would win that game just because I don't think Kirk can handle the pressure. But I think for the NFC North regular season title, that will belong to the Minnesota Vikings. I will slam that in right now. That's for my hot take. I like where they're going. I like how things have lined up. Again, the NFC weaker. Vikings are one of the better end teams. I see them winning the North this year. It's going to be really close, but I think I see them winning the North. Do you think Justin Jefferson will be the best receiver by the end of next year? That's so hard to say. He'll be, I think he'll be number two, number three. I, I still think he's like, I really think Devontae Adams is going to be great still. I, I think him and Derek Carr are going to be just lethal. I don't, maybe not as good. It's just tough. I can't put him over Devontae. Um, I love Devontae. I think he's still, I think he'll be number two by the end of the year though. All right. I already really kind of think I, he is number two, but. So I'll, I'll tell you. I, I have seen people picking Minnesota. I don't see it. I don't, this is one I just don't. I just don't think their defense is that good, to be quite honest. I get that they're bringing in an offensive-minded coach, but I just don't think their secondary is really there. All they got is Harrison Smith at this point. The secondary just, just has to be it. Just has to be okay, man. You just the NFL in the regular season at this point is how many punches can you throw to the other guy? I mean, what one thing that really works for the Vikings is again, I just brought up I I have major issues with their secondary, but the NFC North has the worst collection of wide receivers. I mean, no, at this point. We're talking about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are easily the top two guys. And then next after that, maybe Armand St. Brown is the next best one. Armand St. Brown. You could be talking like Armand St. Brown and Jameson Williams is the next like best combination in the, in the, in the division. 
Yeah, or DJ Shark. I mean, honestly, you could take any yeah. of the three over whoever plays. I mean, maybe Daryl Mooney is who, who you No, Chicago's dog shit. Chicago's offense is so bad. And then, I mean, in Green Bay, their number Lazard. one is Alan Lazard. So. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I will say one take that I've seen a lot is everyone being like, oh, like Rodgers will just make that receiving core good. There is a certain amount of talent you need to make. Like, no, without a doubt. Players good. I mean, you at whatever people think about Rod, like Devontae Adams is great, and he helped with a lot of what Rodgers did. So it was a more than a two way street that people make it seem with Rodgers. So. Yeah, I mean, I I see the take. I don't I don't agree with it. This is the first one, probably. I I really don't agree with. I think Green Bay is going to hold on to that division just because I think their defense is so good. I think people are really underplaying how good that defense is. I mean, it was it's a, a really good defense. It is. I, I just think I see Minnesota. This this would be like a one year thing. I don't think this is something like oh they hold on to it. They really start beating up with the Vikings. I think this would be just kind of they sneak up on them this year and they get them. One take I will now is I don't see any way Chicago does not finish last in that division. I think Chicago. I think Chicago like could be cruising to a number one overall pick. I know. Do you get rid of Fields at that point? No, because I don't think it's Fields' fault. I don't think it's Fields' fault. You wouldn't pick Stroud? You'd leave Stroud on the board? What I would possibly do if I were Chicago, if I had the number one pick, depending on what Fields does. If Fields is a complete meltdown, it's completely out of the window, which wouldn't surprise me because Chicago is such an inept franchise in terms of developing any sort of quarterbacks. Um, If you have him and you say Fields wasn't the problem, then you trade back and you try to acquire multiple picks from someone and you try to revamp something maybe along the offensive line, get a, get a, get an offensive line piece and then maybe trade uh, in there to get a top-end wide receiver re- weapon for him too. Because I don't think – Daryl Mooney's good, but outside of that, the fact that we're like, oh, Nikhil Harry could be a real steal. Like I've seen that stupid thing from so many Chicago beat reporters. Like, no, Nikhil Harry's bad. Like he's not well, going to be some sort of like number two guy issue, all of a sudden. The issue about Nikhil Harry is – he's good at one thing and that's blocking which does not really help chicago all that no and nothing in chicago talk again about he's we, like we talked about good, this yeah like chicago they didn't do anything to help fields they're they're gonna get the kid killed it's like killed Sorry. should we just do our nfc north projections right now who do you think so you think minnesota's in one so do you think it's green bay i think it was minnesota finishing first green bay finishing second Detroit finishing third, a very competitive third, possible sneaky, sneaky playoff, maybe if things go perfectly. Probably not, though. Sneaky third. And by a wide mark, the Lions, the separation between how good the Lions will be compared to the Bears will be staggering. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Detroit's probably going to end up with seven to nine wins, probably. And I think I think Chicago, you're talking about three to like four. I think, I think three to four is Chicago's so win number this year. I don't know where they win a lot of games. I don't think they win a game in the division. I mean, they could maybe steal one from like Detroit, maybe, but I don't see them beating Minnesota and I do not see them beating Green Bay. Like, where do you think Chicago is better than Detroit right now? Defensively, I guess. Yeah. I don't even think that. I don't think Chicago. I mean, they, they traded away Khalil Mack. They don't even have their best pass rush. I guess they still have Robert Quinn. Robert they still have guys really in good. defense still. And it's, I don't know. I don't like Chicago. At I see all. them getting. I, I honestly think I think Chicago is going to get swept in division. I don't think they want a game in the division. I would be surprised. I think they probably go one and five. I think they're able to sneak one win off of some game where one of the. It maybe they maybe would get Detroit at home. They might get. That's what I think. I think that would maybe be it. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So we let's get see. into our next story of the day. Which, if you guys were paying attention to our social media, Clark and I were pretty much avid fans at the LA Dodgers Padres series. We went to one game together. I went to Friday night's game. Clark went to Sunday's game. What a mistake. And it did not result in the way that we wanted to. The Dodgers swept the Padres with a run differential of 20 to 4. This now marks that the Padres have lost 17 of their last 19 to the LA Dodgers. Clark, what is your reaction to the meltdown, which is the San Diego Padres during this series? I wouldn't call it a meltdown. Well, I mean, just from the way they gave up eight runs in the first two games, they scored four, 
and then they got shut out in the last. I'm not. I, I mean, it's not an absolute meltdown, but just not really showing up to the series. Um, I don't know. I, I think my approach on this is probably a lot different than most people's. I mean, is it a bummer? Sure. Is it the end of the world to me? Is it a reason to panic? No. I think people um fail to realize the Dodgers went 21 and five in July and made a fool of everyone. Um, they've now won what is now seven straight, eight straight since August started. Um, if you don't think this team is a buzzsaw in the regular season, I don't know what you're watching. But if I'm the Padres after losing that series, I'm not going home and losing my mind. I think realistically for this team, they traded for Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, uh, Bell, and Hader four days ago, five days ago. They do need time to gel. This team does not have Tatis. Um, was it a bummer for sure? Am I overly concerned and ready to say the season's over? Like apparently half the fan base wanted to last night. No, I don't see it that way at all. Um, it's clear that the Padres have, uh, some sort of mental blockage when it comes to the Dodgers. I, I don't know what it is. Um, they certainly have some sort of uh, feeling of a little brother complex. Um, but it, it's not something I am losing my mind over at this point. It's not. It's not a big thing. I would rather them have their struggles right now against a team like LA than to come in September and you just like lose something stupid against a team like, you know, let me think, like Miami. Like I would rather this happen now than later. I know there's only 56 games left or something, but to me, yeah, Dodgers, they're a buzzsaw, man. You run into a buzzsaw every once in a while. It happens, but I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, my God, this is so bad. You know, like, perfect example, this Jim Russell on Twitter last night is, like, that's the thing that, like, this is off it, but Padres fans, like, I guess now that Eric Hosmer's gone, they have to, like, start freaking out and call out, like, Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth, who are like, oh, they're getting a pass for this year, which, by the way, guys, are both top 30 war position players in Major League Baseball. So maybe just look a little bit into things before we start saying stuff, so... It's a bit of a, yeah, tough series, no doubt. I mean, we got schooled in front of everyone, but you brush it off and come back. Don't don't dwell on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it just shows where the Padres are right now at this given moment of they're just not at the Dodgers level yet. I mean, that doesn't mean once it gets to the postseason, they can't be. But I, I think this really just shows that the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. For whatever people want to talk about ref records, However, all these teams in the AL, the Yankees, the Mets, whoever you want to say is the best. I just think it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers from top to bottom, their lineup is stacked. Their pitching staff is stacked. Their bullpen is stacked. The, everywhere you look, that team is dwelling with talent. And honestly, the weakest link on their team is probably Dave Roberts, their manager. And mm -hmm. he still gets those guys to play such smart baseball. I mean, anytime that there's a runner on, it always feels like they're getting them home. But, like, a perfect example on Saturday's game, it, they got one guy on, zero outs, and they were able to hit two sack flies and bring him home. Like, something like that you don't see very often, but it's just smart baseball. Though, no, the Dodgers certainly have – No, the, the Dodgers, um, to their credit, I, I thought it was interesting. You, Darvish, in a post game talked about, you know – the Dodgers individual approaches at the plate as individual players themselves, each player seems to have a different approach because of how well they've studied up on who the opposing pitcher is. I mean, Darvish was great yesterday, but from an organizational standpoint of how they're getting these guys to buy in analytically and really look things over and have their own sound approaches is a huge reason of why they're having so much success. Um, the Padres, to me, in my mind, like, I don't think it's necessarily a huge question of talent. I think when you measure up the talent itself, they stack up just fine. It's not sort of sort of huge gap that they have. Um, I just think maybe at some point right now they're lacking at, you know, an approach-wise a little bit. And, again, maybe just a bit of a mental block on, you know, you got to shake that these guys beat up on you. Don't press too much. I think you saw that in moments. Like, in that in the game we went to, we got a leadoff double. Uh, no, he's on second, no out pro far. And we got him over. And then you had two guys, Machado and bell come up and you couldn't get him in. It's like, you just got to get those small things. When you play the Dodgers, no matter how good you are, you really have to play pretty close to perfect baseball because they won't make the mistake. You'll they'll, they'll wait for you to make the mistake and then capitalize on it. For so sure. 
I mean, the Dodgers are just really smart about how they play, no. and they get production from every hitter in their lineup. I mean, no, without Cody a Ballinger doubt, just hit two home runs in Sunday's game. Yeah, even though he's I mean, also wild, wild stat though, wild stat. The Yankees are zero and five since they traded Joey Gallo, and the Dodgers are five and zero since they've traded for Joey Gallo. I know Joey Gallo. He Joey Gallo hasn't done anything for the Dodgers, but it's just funny to think, and I think it's funny for New York because that guy was treated horribly there for no reason beyond anything he knows it didn't work out it's not like he tried to suck and i'm glad they're struggling after shitting on him out the door because that was oh so uncalled for well so let's talk about it so the yankees have dropped five in a row do you yeah. think this is a reason for concern for yankees as they see this kind of first seed slipping do you think this is going to be a concern as we move further into the season i mean i've been a guy i think the yankees are the second best team in the american league i've said that for a while now i think what people underestimate is that while the Yankees consume all the teams below them in the American League, the team that consumes them is the Houston Astros, and they have done it for quite a while now. Um, if I'm the if I'm the Yankees fan, I am a little bit concerned. You really want that one seed as a Yankees fan because the aura and magic of an October in Yankee Stadium is very real. That is a true home field advantage, probably the biggest one in the postseason. Um, you do not want to lose that if you're the Yankees. You want every meaningful and early game that you can have played in Yankee Stadium played there. Um, so yeah, I would be very worried about that number one seed because if it goes to Houston, I think regardless, Houston has a very good chance to win it. But if Houston gets that one seed, they're winning the American League pennant hmm. for sure. It, I would be a little bit worried about the slipping. Do you think if the Dodgers have the one seed in the NL, they're going to the World Series representing against the Astros? I mean, I, I picked Dodgers Astros. I think a couple like a month back to be to be my World Series one. I feel very good about that. Um, the Dodgers man, like I know they're the best team in the regular season right now, but the amount of times I've seen the poop the pants in the postseason with them is just it gives me a little worry. I would be if I was the Dodgers, the team I'm most worried about if I'm the Dodgers right now. I mean, they're probably not worried about the Padres, uh, even though I think the Padres are very dangerous if they get into the dance. Uh, the Mets, probably for them. The Mets and the Braves. The Braves' offense is electric. I think it can keep up. And the Mets, if you got to like a game six and seven with them and you got to face Scherzer and DeGrom, that's going to be tough. But I would still say I'd stick with my guns, yeah, right now, running it back, Astros, Dodgers, and the World Series, I would still say. Well, so let's talk about those two teams you just discussed. So this weekend, the Mets beat the Braves in a five-game series. They took four from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about this? Does this change? Now it kind of feels like the NL East is kind of out of grasp for the Atlanta Braves. Do you, well, how many do are they back right way? now? They're, da they're back six and a half. With, no, I don't think play. it's out of grasp. I think, I mean, they play a couple more times down the stretch. If the Atlanta can crawl back into, you know, a three-game spot and they have a series against them, I don't think it's over at all for Atlanta. I mean, this is a division that's inched closer and closer again and again. Um in the words of uh, Jared Carabas, the uh, you know the the Braves lineup does fuck. It does hit quite a bit. Austin Riley and those boys get it done. Um, I don't think it's out of reach at all yet for the uh, for the Braves. I think it's still very in their like attainable for them. Um, however, it is much more difficult if Degrom stays healthy because this was almost my hot take, and I guess I'll share it now. Um, when Jacob Degrom is healthy and he is on the mound. He matches up with anyone for being the best pitcher in Major League history. When he's healthy and on that bump, there is no one in Major League history that can touch Jacob DeGrom and what he brings. It's not, it's close in some senses, but it's not at the same time. Jacob DeGrom at full health is nothing like Major League Baseball has ever seen before. And if he is viable and ready to go through the whole postseason, watch out for the Mets a little bit more than you already should. Who's more dangerous if, if we get into the postseason, the Mets or the Braves? I think that it's, it's tough in some extent because I like one thing more than the other on both sides. I think the Braves' offense is certainly better than the Mets' offense. However, I'm a firm believer that pitching in the postseason is ultimately what reigns the most for you. And you would be hard-pressed for me to sit here and say that I don't think Scherzer and DeGrom as a 1-2 would be some of the scariest stuff that you could see. Um, who would I be more afraid of? Well, let, let's take it this way. As a Padres fan, if you had to play 
the Braves or the Mets in the wild card round three game series, who would you rather play? I would rather play the Braves. I don't think there's an, any team in baseball that wants to play the dot uh, the, the Braves in a three game set. You would pop. I mean, you would Mets. probably. Yeah, the Mets. You would not want to play the Mets in a three-game set. Of the you would face Degrom and Scherzer, and that's likely you would go home in two games. Yeah, I mean that's so. So, cool. I would be in a three-game set. I would be more afraid of the Mets. I think in a seven-gamer though, I would be a little bit more fearful of the Braves because of the lineup. Okay, so so if you're a Padres fan, pretty much the division now. Forget about it. I mean, it's it's pretty much gone. It's gone. The division's gone. The division's been gone, truthfully. Yeah, I mean, it's been gone for a while, but this this series just absolutely. I mean, if, if they had gone in there and they'd done the reverse with the Dodgers didn't swept them and moved it to nine games, maybe you could say, oh well, you never know. But they, yeah. did, they did the exact opposite of that. So yeah, so that's gone. So now, as a Padres fan, do you sit where you want to get that fourth seed and have that wild card round be at home? but then you might be facing down the barrel of whoever wins between the Mets or the Braves. Or do you want to be in that sixth seed and then be on the road and play who's ever the three? Which are probably like the Phillies or... No, the three would be the winner of the... Who will likely be the Cardinals, probably. Be the, be the Cardinals yeah, at this point. So... And then if, if the, the Padres were the four, they'd be at home against whoever lost between the Mets and the Braves and didn't win the division. I would still rather a scenario. I would still rather the top wild card spot. I think for the wild card game, one of the biggest things that's going to be advantage wise is playing at home. I think for when you look at those three game sets, the fact that you're in your home stadium every time, you have the crowd behind you in every single game. Um, if you have the Braves coming across the country, if you have the Mets, there will still be a certain advantage to it. If I'm the Padres, I want the top wild card spot. I don't want to sit back and have to go on the road somewhere. Although they do tend to hit better and play better on the road, I would still prefer to be at home in that scenario. I would want to be home if I were the Padres. Okay. So we got one last story that we're just going to talk about a little bit. And that's today. Jamar Chase came out and gave out his top five wide receivers. And again, a wide receiver that Clark and I are not that high on turned out to be number two. We talked about this with Julian Edelman. We're yeah. talking about it again with Jamar Chase. Keenan Allen is the number two receiver on Jamar Chase's radar. Clark, are we missing something? Well, I'll let you answer. You're the Chargers fan. You're the one. I mean, you go ahead with it first. See, the thing is, I kind of feel like we are, but I also think like Jamar Chase, he probably watched a lot of Keenan Allen film just because if you're going to watch – to become a route runner, you probably should watch Keenan Allen just because he doesn't really have the speed, but mm -hmm. he's a you want to watch Chris Browse from a guy that can't, I mean, he can move really fast, just not as fast as these other players. I think he's that guy. You so in my opinion, it feels like that should be a legacy thing of like them just being respectful. But then again, I keep going back. Like, why would Julian Edelman say that? Julian Edelman was already in the league by the time Keenan Allen was in it. I think maybe Keenan is really underrated. Maybe these guys are onto something that I'm just not onto. Of from the skill set standpoint, maybe he is the top echelon of receivers just because he doesn't have the physical tool set. I don't know. I think maybe we are missing a little bit something more. Um, I still somewhat stand pat on what we said. I think Keenan is slowing down a little bit, um, a little bit of regression. Do I still think he's a top? 15 guy, yeah. Am I shocked that guys are continually putting him in the top five that played in the league? Sure. So obviously I'm missing something to some degree, but top five in my mind, I don't think I would – I can't fathom putting Keenan there. Although, again, I clearly think I am missing a little something of all of these guys who are professionals who play the position are routinely putting him there. So I know. I must be missing something. I just don't know what it is. I don't – Maybe it's the receptions. Maybe just year in and year out. I mean, he's been over 100 yeah. the last five seasons. Maybe. I mean, I guess, you know, I think it's all open to interpretation. I mean, of what you find is super valuable. I think Keenan is a really valuable asset. I'm not saying in any way that he's not. I no, think he's still I a mean, very top-end receiver. But a top five to me is perplexing, and I, I, I still couldn't do it. I, I still couldn't. It's just really hard for me to buy into like people saying he's better than Cooper Cup. To me, like, I, I just don't no. get that on any level. No, but like people, like the dumb thing with the whole Cup stuff, like, well, no, nah, I mean, Cooper Cup is better, but yeah, no. 
I mean, just just if you're gonna pick a player, like Cooper Cup had one of the most productive seasons that NFL wide receivers had. Keenan Allen's been really good. He's been really consistent. No, Keenan's been great. I mean he's just never really set any historic records or been like this milestone receiver. And something that people kind of forget about him is he has had excellent quarterback play his entire career. Oh he yeah. Has, I mean, he went from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yes. I mean, he's really benefited from just having extremely good receiver. And I would even argue, I thought when the Chargers drafted Herbert, I thought Keenan would be on the way out because Herbert's skill set doesn't really match Keenan all that much, whereas Rivers did. Rivers liked that anticipatory player who he could kind of throw it up to, and he's always going to be open in the middle of the defense. Whereas Herbert has a much more cannon, can put it anywhere. I always thought Mike Williams was the natural fit. But I mean, obviously, obviously it worked. Yo, no, I mean, again, I, I think there is some sort of credence to what people are saying. Obviously, a lot of these top end guys like Jamar, even a really young guys like, yeah, he's top five in there. So uh, I just don't know if I can quite uh, fathom that up yet. So, yeah, I can't either. Well, this has been our thank you for listening to From the Backseat. Again, I am Ethan and my co-host is Clark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Clark and I got some exciting stuff coming. The biggest yep. thing is go join our chalkboard discussion yes clark and i launched a chalkboard we got a couple of people in there that's going to be our ultimate discussion to where if you want to interact with us outside the show that's going to be our new best place we're going to be able to message with you guys we're going to be able to talk about sports betting we're going to be talking about live during the nfl mlb mm-hmm. anything you're watching it'll be the easiest way to discuss with us we can announce stuff to you guys you can announce stuff to us so please go join our chalkboard make sure to follow us on twitter tiktok and Instagram to keep up to date on all of our content. And of course, leave us a rating and give us five stars on Spotify and Apple. I have not missed out on those stars you guys have been giving us on Spotify. We've gotten a ton of stars recently. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for listening Appreciate to us on Spotify guys. and leaving a five-star rating. That is so helpful to the pod. And again, of course, thank you to Manscaped for being our sponsor today. Use the code BACKSEAT for $20 off your first order and free shipping. So thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Have a good one, folks.